Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that's Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek Season 1, Episode 1, Asterix. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, it's called The Man Trap, and there will be spoilers. The reason why I was an asterisk next to the episode number is because Star Trek is notorious for having a few different episode orders. We're going by what's on the Blu-ray, what's on Netflix, that sort of... Because it's the most common one now. Yeah, it seems to be the accepted default order. Yeah. Uh, the, the other confusing part, though, is that some places will put the unaired pilot first and put this as episode two. So, we're not doing the unaired pilot, mainly because there's an episode in season one that actually uses most of the footage from it again, so we didn't want to watch it twice essentially so this is episode one as far as we're concerned this is episode one moving forward here we go and i'm looking at imdb right now episode one so all these different places all in agreement here yeah this is it doesn't matter what it was before this is it now yeah and there's no ongoing plot so it doesn't really matter all that much anyway no just for purposes of you watching along yeah so, but yeah, you're probably going to be watching it either on the Blu-ray, DVD, or Netflix. Those are the your options, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're doing Star Trek. This is obviously the first one. Uh, this is already cancelled. This is our new thing where we review an old show. We're going to be doing one per week of uh, Star Trek. Might speed up a little bit in, if we get some quiet months in the summer or something like that. But we're going to go one per week. And we, I, just to give you some context, I've seen the first two seasons of this before. Connor, you've seen a season and a half. Uh, yeah, season and two-thirds. Semantics. Well, a lot of this original series will not be fresh to us. I mean, well, it's been a long time since I've watched it. I, like, I got the gist of this one like when we've seen like, the, the main plot device, but until then I had no idea what was in this one. Yeah. Like, the title didn't give me it, give it away to me. Yeah, yeah. Some of them will, but a lot of them won't. But yeah, the idea is that eventually we will, we will go into next gen, and then eventually. Which I have I've seen nothing past this. I, I've seen the the new movies, and the first you know season and a half or so of this, and yeah. nothing in between. I have seen I've seen two seasons of this. I've seen one season of next gen, so I've still seen all the good next gen because it doesn't get good until season three, from what I hear. And I've seen all the movies. That's my Star Trek knowledge, as it stands. So a reasonable idea, but by no means a huge fan. Like, I've not even seen any of the full shows incomplete. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where even if I hadn't seen it, it's like I know the basics of all of them because it's Star Trek and who doesn't at this point? Yeah. So we're going to be working our way through and, you know, we, it, it's going to be casual. It's not going to be a binge watch type thing. Like I say, one a week, maybe two or three once we get to quiet months, that kind of thing. Because we, we have the option. It's there. We can just do it to yeah. as much as we want, basically. And if we've got busy schedules, we can drop it for a week or two and come back to it. With not much, uh, not much, you know, fallout from it. It's easy. We can, you know, there's no, there's no deadline to hit with these episodes. So that's cool. But we're going to generally try and hit this once per week uh, and keep going with it. So hopefully you'll want to join along if you've not seen Star Trek before. Uh, or if, even if you have, you know, enjoy the discussions. And uh, These will be a little bit different from our usual reviews, mainly because... There's no, like I said earlier, there's no overarching plot. They're all very standalone episodes, so I think the discussion will be slightly different. Maybe a little bit shorter than usual as well, as a result. Yeah, I mean, often we speculate about what could be coming next, what these things have impact on our characters, whereas here that's not such an issue. Yeah, this is a very standalone stories. Essentially, they're essentially all short movies, and, and yeah. for lack of a better uh, term. 
So, but let's get into let's get into the first episode, the Man Trap. Uh, so this is way back in September in 1966. So we're only what 40, 50, 50 something, surely. Not 50 something yet. Oh, it's 50 years this year. Yeah. Well, no, just got 60. We're, we're 2017 now. Oh yeah, 51. I my math has deteriorated <laughs> since high school. I do apologise. But anyway, the plot of this one is that as a lot of episodes of Star Trek, they are called they're 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 here on a planet to. I think they're doing medical checkups on the couple that live here, a scientist and his wife. And it's a, the woman's someone who McCoy knew uh, years ago, 12 years ago, I think was the exact time. Yeah, and it had some sort of romantic involvement with, by the sounds of it. Yeah, so they, they go down to check on them, and the sort of the plot conceit here is that the, the wife, Nancy, is appearing differently to all the different men. We have Kirk, McCoy, and a, a red shirt. He's not actually in a red shirt. They've not started putting them in red shirts, the ones who die. But he's a red shirt in spirit. Yeah. Just because he's wearing blue, he's still a red shirt. Because he's there to advance the plot and die. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what he does. So, and it turns out she's a she's an alien species, of course, who lives off salt. She drains the salt from her victims. And she can, she's a shapeshifter. She can change to different people. And eventually she gets up on the Enterprise and walks around as various crew members, including McCoy, and uh, it leads to a lot of wonderfully awkward little moments, Connor. You know, oh, I'm going to pick just. I'm just going to pick apart her ability just a touch. Go for it. I mean, I'm not sure why I'm bothering. It's it's such a, a gimmicky thing, but the whole thing is she shapeshifts into a different person. But when we first right? meet her, she's appearing as three different people at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. But then they just kind of forget about that and just go with it and change. It would be fine later on if, like, she went back to doing that in one scene, but she never yeah. does. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, okay, now now it's now it's actual shape shifting by the look of it. Yeah, it is because there's a lot of traditional just sort of fades between the two people. They lock the camera yeah. off. In fact, there's one that's really funny when it's towards the end of the episode when McCoy comes into the bedroom, or when she, oh, sorry, the monster as McCoy comes into the bedroom. Yeah, and it just freezes. The, yeah, the, the frame freezes for a good two seconds before it fades. There was there was like half a second where I went, has my picture frozen? Yeah. I know. Oh, it, it just it goes on just that bit longer than you'd, you'd expect. Yeah. No, we don't mean to, obviously, it's a show from the 60s. We're not going to make fun of the visual effects every... I think that one week. stood out more, though, because the others had been smoother transitions yeah, whereas yeah. that one felt longer yeah the others had been fine yeah, yeah they're, they're simple simple tricks but they were working well enough whereas this one did this weird pause and I imagine it was probably because either McCoy or I say McCoy the actor uh, DeForest Kelly or the actress playing Nancy one of them maybe moved incorrectly so the fade didn't work properly so they had to pause it yeah, to make probably. it work that was probably why it happened but uh, so that's that's there uh, speaking of effects that are kind of weird, I did think there's a whole scene when the when Kirk and Spock beam back down to the planet, and this is when the monsters on the ship, you know, sneaking about as different people. They go to get the husband, and the husband's aware of what the monster is and all the rest of it, and he basically takes a little stand on the top of this hill, and there's some rocks around, and there's kind of a stone structure, sort of like an archway, an archway, yeah, that's sort of randomly sitting there. This entire scene I thought was amusing, A, because, again, older shows, so they have simpler sort of filmmaking techniques where it's just like they lock off the camera and they'll do a lot of things in one shot. 
but there's this shot sort of looking down at the area and we see Kirk sort of crawl around and then like sneak out from one fake rock to another fake rock and it's very cartoon it's very Scooby Doo the way it he kind of sneaks from a, like point A to point B to point C uh, and that was really funny but the the thing that I was wanting to point out though is he's hiding behind one of the, the pillars at one point of this archway and it's like there's three like legs to it yeah. and we see that the, the husband's got a gun or a, a laser or phaser or whatever you want to call it Phaser would probably be the correct term in this case. Yeah. And he, we're on a shot with uh, Kirk and Spock hiding behind two of the pillars, and there's a pillar in the middle. And the, the, the husband's beam hits the pillar in the middle, and it proper blows up. Like, the entire column just sh- like shatters and falls apart. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's got that set off a high. <laughs> like that, yeah, that would, doesn't he? That would have eviscerated one of them had it hit them. Well, to be fair, they do say he's just trying to scare them and not shoot them. That's pretty why he shot the, the other pillar. That, that is, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, that was me thinking it was just a crap shot. You know, I'm just just giving them a little bit of defence here. Yeah, no, Kirk, no, Kirk did say, to be fair, he did say that they're just, he's just trying to like, scare them. He's using scare tactics. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. So, that, that was probably the most action-packed scene of the episode. Yeah, riveting. <laughs> well, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm, 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 I'm saying that, but it, it's not bad. It just, it's it's this weird thing watching the old shows like this, especially Star Trek, where it is so. Whenever they're on the planet, you can clearly see the the backdrop is just a painting or whatever. Yeah, the map paintings. The map paintings, and you know, the, it's clearly a set and all the rest of it. But you suspend your disbelief because it it does feel like it's it's got this naive charm to it. Yeah. Where, you know, it's kind of like you're a kid and you're just imagining things that are other places. And this is kind of that on a bigger scale on a time, and they did the best they could at the time with what they had. Yeah, and it's it's very admirable effort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I to say, there's not the odd thing that is kind of you know funny or whatever now because we're used to other things. I think the, the bigger thing that it suffers from a little bit from a modern sensibility is pacing because the episodes it's very are, slow, isn't it? Yeah, the episodes are ten minutes longer than what a typical network TV show would be now, and I do think you feel it. I think. It's paced at a much slower rate, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but there's a lot of contemplation. There's a lot of... There's, there's scenes where Kirk's just eating some fruit or vegetables. Yeah, there's many scenes of sitting around a table just kind of doing nothing. Yeah, and, and they'll let lines breathe, and sometimes that's good, but so yes, it adds up a little bit if you're doing it constantly. And as that, again, it's not a complaint. I don't want to... There's like, it's... It's something from of the time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's one of these things like the special effects where we're not really going to comment it on every week. We're doing it kind of in this one because it's the first episode, but it's it's just kind of a product of its time, and you have to get into the mindset as you're watching it to sort of, and you do like once you've watched a few of them, you do kind of slip into you know what the pacing's like, you know what the yeah, like that's just something of the time. There are actual flaws like the the long transition of the you know yeah. the shape shifting where that one was clearly different to the rest so it sticks out that's why we mentioned that one particular rather than the effects itself in general because mostly you just kind of go with it whereas that one felt off for itself i'll tell you though there was one moment in this episode that made me laugh out loud funny uh oh yes yes there was and <laughs> so the monster is taking the shape of nancy and this is towards the end of the episode when she's still trying to trick McCoy because McCoy's got feelings for her and he's not ready to believe what's going on and she's about to kill Kirk and McCoy's kind of letting it happen because he's you know he's, he's confused he doesn't know what's going on and Spock comes in and Spock takes the monster who is still looking like Nancy the wife so sort of you know average height woman 
kind of thing. She's yeah. older as well. She's like maybe you know, early sixties, yeah. late fifties. I don't know. He he starts to hit her, and it's not the hitting itself that's funny. It's, it's not a punch or no. It's, it's I don't even know what you call it. It's one of these. It's, like it's two fisted kind of pummeling. Yeah, you put your hands together like this, and he he hits her back and forth, side to side, and she just stands there, because she's, she's not really a young, uh, I say young, she's not really a small woman, she's actually a big monster, she can take the hits, and she's barely reacting to it, but it's actually really funny watching Leonard Nimoy put all of his energy into these big yeah, swings. Yeah, and then she just kind of does a backhand, and he goes flying across the room. Yeah, that whole thing was really funny. It was. You know, it was all like you'd almost worry if you told me what that scene was beforehand. Like, oh, is this going to be uncomfortable because it's like a man beating up a woman like that? And it's no, no, no. She stands there and takes it, and it is really silly. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, but I laughed, and I'm okay with laughing. I am too. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not entirely sure how funny it's meant to be. I don't think it was meant to be funny. I think part of it's meant to be funny. The idea that he's hitting the woman in front of McCoy who thinks it's, you know, a, a person. So I think that side of it is meant to be funny. Okay, right. But the exaggerated action of it is perhaps not. And that's funny from our modern sensibilities. Hmm. Now, it sounds like we're picking on all the things that don't work. There's actually a lot of things that do work. Uh, I think the chemistry between the cast is all there. You, you have... Right from the get-go, McCoy is, you know, bantering. Sarcastic yeah, sarcastic. Of. He's bantering with uh, uh, with Kirk, and he, he cracks a joke about, oh, is that who you get women to fall for, you know, that at the start. And they're, they're just playful banter. Spock's doing his thing. What I think is really interesting is that there's a scene in this, and this is, you know, for all intents and purposes, the first episode, even though I don't think it aired first. Uh, it did, like, like I say, airing's weird. But this one kind of works as a first episode. In some ways it doesn't, but in some ways it does. In the A, the shapeshifter going around the ship introduces us to a lot of characters, and it yeah. actually lends itself to meeting Sulu for the first time, who wasn't on the bridge at first. He was in his plant area, yeah, his botany lab or whatever you want to call it, and he introduces us to a bunch of characters, and that all works. But we also get a nice little scene explaining Spock and what it is to be a Vulcan, not mm. to, to, to a super extent, but funnily enough, it's Ahura who comes over to him and tries to make small talk and tries to get him to almost start flirting just for the sake of having some interaction. Interaction, yeah. And it's almost funny now because they ended up making them a couple in the new movie, but in the original series that was never... I don't think it was ever there. I've not seen season three yet, but... Yeah. I don't recall it, but it's actually almost funny. It's almost like they watched this scene and went, you know what? <laughs> that, that, that'd work. But, you know, I do wonder if, like I say, I don't think, we don't think this was the first episode... But obviously they've chosen to make this the first one in terms of all these, you know, iterations now. Yeah, these I days, wonder yeah. if these are the reasons that it does introduce you to everyone and you get an, a sense of location for the ship and who yeah. everyone is and their roles. That's true. Although at the end of the episode, though, when they're they're flying away and they look out the their, their, their screen, you know, their viewfinder. Viewport. Yeah. It's looking at the back of the ship. Because you see the, uh, the the feet, the legs, things. That's a good point. I don't know why it was doing that. I've maybe, never... maybe they have a maybe they have a camera on the back. <laughs> True. I've never gotten the impression that I've always got the impression that it's looking forward, and it usually is. It is, but I mean, we know they can have messages pop up on these screens, you know, mm. like from various people. Is I mean, it... we see we see Sulu do it at one point. 
It's what it's actually one of the uh, the weird novelties again of watching a, a show that's envisioning the future that's so old. Is all the things they just couldn't have thought of doing, like the idea that he has a, like a little phone thing that he flips out and talks to. When you know when you watch a modern movie, even set in present day, your pieces and things like that, just simple little. You know, some sci-fi shows won't even have that. They'll just it's embedded in their head. They just go do. Yeah, but for talk. its time, it's like I mean, so ahead. Yeah, you think about it, in the sixties, you show them a cell phone and they're like, "What?" Exactly, and so. so now it's like a little bit dated, obviously, in that sense. But you know, it's still impressive. It's one of the things I actually really like about the the new movies, for whatever their, their faults are, is that they insisted on keeping a lot of the clunky tech, despite yeah, the fact just to that keep it's, the yeah, you know, the, the the spirit of the universe. Yeah, I, I think the. I think where it falls flat a little bit, though, is the speed of the doors feels really slow. I don't know if you noticed this. Whenever the doors slide shut, they always come go once they get slow down as they get closer to the middle. So they sort of go. To be fair, I know I know a lot of automatic doors in general do that as a safety feature in case in case it doesn't register a leg or a foot there, so it doesn't crush them. That's fair. It just feels slow on camera, though. Is what I'm yeah yeah. What I'm getting in general, like that's not. Uh, an, an unusual thing, so I get it. Uh, fair, fair, but it just it feels slow on camera. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, plot wise, did you enjoy this episode, Connor? Yeah, it was fine. It was very simplistic. Uh, you know, it was monster on the ship. I think yeah, I think I feel like a very typical Star Trek episode. It didn't didn't blow me away. That it wasn't one of the ones you remember specifically. I don't think. So it's certainly out the. You know, I've seen season one and two before. This is not one of the ones that I remember well no but, me either but yeah like you say there's a monster on the ship they they track it down and they fight it and they shoot it with their phaser and there you go that's, that's and it. in the first episode that's kind of all you want because you're learning who the the characters are and how they interact with each other so you don't necessarily need a super compelling plot it's funny for as forward thinking star trek was there's still a couple of moments where you go oh yeah this is kind of dated in the way it's treating this scene uh, the, mm. one, the one that sticks out to me is uh, not that you would never see this today but at least today if you've seen this it would be oh that was a really douchebag character whereas I'm not sure it's meant to play that way in this uh, there's a scene with Janice when she's like delivering food to Sulu and she runs out of the two crewmates and the you know the monster's there disguised as one of the other crewmates and he says oh look at that wouldn't you like to Something, I can't remember what the end of the line yeah, was, yeah. but I sort of iron her up, and it, it just it felt very old school, like yeah, low key sexism. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Again, uh, it's not excusing it, but that's the sixties. There's you know, there's no changing that. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of my point though. Is that the sixties? This otherwise in the sixties was very progressive. Moving, yeah, yeah, it was very progressive. So I, I think that's I think that's worth pointing out. But no, uh, yeah, some fun goofy moments. The, the 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 plot with the monster, as we said, it's a little inconsistent as to what the monster's powers are. It changes its rules just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it it does at least establishes some other rules though. The whole idea of it wants salt. Yeah, yeah, and it gives you it. It, it furthers the the cast itself. Like it tells us about McCoy and you know. Him, his prowess as a doctor recognising or whether or not this was a specific type of plant poisoning. Yeah, I, and, I actually really like the scene where they've got the, the body of the, the crewmate that died and he's like, 
This doesn't make sense. By all accounts, he should be alive. He should get up and walk away. There's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Uh, real simple. Actually, my favourite scene of the episode is once they get the husband on the ship and they go to a meeting and it's the monster's McCoy. The monster's looking like McCoy and he's at this meeting and Kirk and Spock are there and the husband's there and it's every time Kirk says something like, oh, could you recognise the monster regardless of who it looks like? And the shot has McCoy, as the, you know, the monster as McCoy and then the husband side by side in the frame and you see like McCoy's eyes like getting nervous, like, can he recognise me? Does he know it's me? It's probably the yeah. best scene of the episode, actually. Just in terms, it is of... because it doesn't even explicitly like tell you that this is McCoy, like necessarily. Like it could have been a real McCoy, hmm. or, or it doesn't explicitly tell you that it's the monster. But then it's those subtle moments in the acting, which perhaps is again we typically expect not much in the acting from this time period on TV. Which I think is actually selling the cast in this really short. I think, and I do as well because I think that like it is moments like that. It is subtle, yeah. but it very much sells you exactly. I, what I think it you're is. right. At the start of the scene, you don't know if it's the monster, but I think as soon as his eyes start moving around, you're like, no, no, it's him. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. beforehand, it, it doesn't tell you. It lets his small moment of acting tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Shatner's great. I mean, Shatner gets a lot of crap, but Shatner commands that screen. Joe, you know I don't understand it. Is sometimes he's cheesy, sometimes over the top, but that's what it calls for a lot of the time in this show, and I think it's fun. He is fun. He, he, he like I say, he commands the screen, and he's as he, witty one-liners, the way he, like, he mocks people. Like, when you know the ship that they're they're meant to go to this planet next or the space station next, and they call Uhura, and she's like, "Oh, they're wanting their shipments. They're they're desperately needing these shipments." He's like, "They'll get their was it chilies or something like that? Peppers? Yeah, yeah, red peppers, peppers or something." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, they're, yeah, they're the finest peppers in the the world, right, right from whatever place. I picked them myself. They can go a couple of days. <laughs> they're perfect." Yeah. He he does have a lot of presence. Yeah, presence. That's a good word for it. Uh, and I think as, as we watch the show, we'll talk a lot about the the, the core trio of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and how their chemistry kind of. I don't know those are, but obviously Hura, Sulu, Chekhov comes in in season two. I think that's when he comes in. Yeah. Like that's you know I, I, they're all Scotty. good. Scotty as well, of course, who's not in this episode. Yeah, and you know they all come in and they're all good and they, they develop a little bit. But it's those that core three that are the yeah. heart of the show, and that'll be it's what once you get uh, McCoy and uh, Spock bantering and debating uh, and they, uh, they are my my favourite pairing by far. Yeah. So. But. Now, I guess that's episode one uh, of Star Trek. This has been already cancelled. Of course, we're working our way through one a week, sometimes more if it's a quite a week. Although, admittedly, that'll, we're probably talking about summer time before that happens. Uh, we are also going to be doing Twin Peaks. That one episode, one of that will be up soon as well. So, uh, uh, hopefully, you'll some of you'll join in with us and watch along and uh, have some fun with us. So, and I've always wanted to work my way through all the Star Treks, or at least this. Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, because those are meant to be the good ones. But yeah, if we get we to that... We need an excuse, because yeah. we do so much other TV that we don't <laughs> get enough time to actually sit down and watch TV for ourselves, really. And once Twin Peaks is done, it opens up the opportunity to pick a lot of old shows and yeah. go through our avenues. I've got a few in mind that I really want to do. And I'll... That said, if you have any suggestions, feel free to throw them in the comments, and mm. we can always consider them. Typically, we're going to try and do things that we've not seen, because... Not for this show, but for others, it does help with speculation and we get to have fun. That said, there's some of my favourites yeah. that I would love to do something for one day, in some way. I don't know what we'd do, 
but we'll worry about that later yeah we'll worry about that later but but feel free to suggest shows we we may have seen them and it may be a case of that's just not going to work for this but you know we welcome the suggestions all the same yeah yeah I've, I've got a few in mind but thanks very much for watching guys let us know what you thought of this episode of star trek and uh come back next time for the uh, the next episode which i believe is charlie x is the it title is, yes so uh, come back for that. Thank you very much for watching. Like and subscribe, it always helps a lot. And of course, the new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery, is coming in May, which is you know partly why we're in the mood to start doing this. So uh, thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. And bold to go where no one has gone before.